your brain is like a very, very good garden. It's this incredible soil and it will grow anything. The words that we say are the seeds that get planted in somebody else's garden. And water is the thoughts that we give to those seeds, right? I then leave you then with the question is, what seeds are you planting into somebody mm -hmm. else's garden? What garden are you growing? Are you growing a beautiful abundance flower? Or are you mm -hmm. creating weeds? Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome to the decision table. We are live oh. here. <laughs> we, we skipped way past <laughs> introductions. We just went straight into it. That's just how we roll on the decision table. And, you know, one of the interesting things is that traveling the world meant that for me personally, I realized that there was so much I could keep learning. And I oh. wanted to, I know we know it in theory, but it was just so good to literally go, oh, I haven't learned everything. I don't know everything. And in fact, I know very little. And um, I wanted my kids to learn that too. It's funny you're saying that you know very little. I thought I was a well-rounded individual before I went to New Zealand <laughs> in 2018. And then you go. I went over to there, completely different culture, completely different way of life. And I remember my first Christmas there. And I remember being with this New Zealand family, a true moldy family. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Alex would you like to bless the food? And I was like, look, I'm in your home. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Like when I'm in your sacred space, I'd like to be a part of this, but I'd like to witness how you prepare for Christmas because this was very different to what I was back home already. And before I know it, this family of eight, right? They started chanting the food. They were stood around the food. They were singing. The younger children were like blessing the yeah. food and they were kind of, and I, obviously I never experienced anything like this in my life. Back in my house, it was like, we were like, oh, mum, thanks for food. <laughs> and then we tucked in, whereas there it was like completely different. It was like they worshipped the food, they sung it, they thankful for it. And I was like, it just opened my eyes to like, yeah. wow, like if I've done one thing one way, what other way could I do it? How else could I expand and grow? And it just opened my eyes in 2018. Eh? Yeah, look, and by the way, there's so many beautiful culture, like, beautiful things in New Zealand, like amazing landscape, amazing people. I may be slightly biased having been born in New Zealand. I was going to say there's a bit of twang there. <laughs> I, I was. The crazy thing is I've lived longer over here in Australia than I have New Zealand. And then in a lot of ways I've travelled the world and almost it's almost getting to the even spot that I've spent a lot of time overseas too. So it's that combination, but I love, you know, and I miss the music that comes from, you know, a lot of Kiwis as they'd be classed back home. You know, a lot of Kiwis, there's beautiful music, there's beautiful, and I love the love in which, particularly in the Māori culture, there is amongst the people and for each other, but for those that come in, as soon as you come in, you're accepted into there and a part of. And I love the fact that you got exposed to that. And that was one of the reasons I really wanted to travel the world was, hmm, what do I not know? And what can I learn from this? And what, how will I grow from this and actually get a different perspective? So on that note, the reason the decision table even exists is because I was having amazing conversations with amazing leaders across the globe. And I realized and I kind of felt selfish about it because I realized I was getting to have those conversations, but others weren't. And I wanted, and I was growing, but I realized that it kind of was almost that I was widening the gap between what people know and what I was opening up, you know, life to and thoughts and perspectives and insights and different ways and different decisions made. And a lot of the time, with way different solutions at the table, which I never would have thought of if I had not been, you know, exposing myself, not in a creepy way, but in a good way, across the globe. Keeping nipples inside the t-shirt. 
That's right. I was. You don't want to be seeing those. That's pretty scary. And that's why I wanted to have these conversations. And I think it kind of goes into one of the things that I do is I do a theme. And, you know, I love this theme of this month because it's kind of like the pivotal of all the insights that I gained across the globe and in my work over the years. And it's a white paper. It's the third white paper that I'll be writing around this. And this will be humanity as stakeholders and for me at the decision table. So I'm using that lens because I think, and, you know, one of the things that you already have talked about is, you know, you were exposed to something you didn't know and it was like so different to what you were used to, you know, like that's not kind of the norm in your world, yet you embraced it and you loved it. What are we missing out on right now? Because we don't know what we don't know. We're not using those lenses and we're not connecting with each other. Any thoughts around that? Yeah, 100%. And the immediate thing you triggered inside of me there, not in a bad way, trigger is sometimes I believe seen as a bad thing, but I see triggers as a great thing, right? One thing that you triggered immediately is that we are the average of the five people we hang around with. And you said the word really well, which is unconscious incompetence. We don't know what we don't know. Something Mm -hmm. that the moldy culture has certainly opened my eyes to was that you are the average of the people that you hang around with, right? When I found... I spent Christmas Day with the Māori family. They were blessing the food. Two days later, I'm down on the East Coast by Cape, not Rianga, that's at the top. Anyway, I'm down literally just above Wellington, East Coast Wellington. There's like a lighthouse, all of this kind of stuff. And I was there, and I was on a campsite there. Embarrassing enough, I don't even remember what it is. (laughs) That's right. I wish I knew. I wish I knew. It's going to kick me because I'll remember after this call. But anyway, for now. But I remember pulling up into a campsite, and there was a family there having their annual family holiday. And to me, it was just a couple of people sat with camp chairs, with some tents, with having a few beers, which is a normal thing in the campsite to me. But to this particular family, they had managed to save up enough money to drive to the coast. They had a ham. They didn't have turkey. They had a ham. And they were like, we're blessed and lucky that we've got this food. And by me spending that time around those people, it suddenly made me realize that my life back home, entrepreneur, running companies, starting with branding, marketing, and sales, moving towards videography and storytelling – I had so much abundance that I took for granted. Like I had this van that I was driving. It wasn't the best van, but it was a a nice van. Mm -hmm. A full tank of fuel everywhere I went. I had a good supply of food in the back of the van. And I just saw this as normal. This family turned up. Mm -hmm. They were grateful for the fact they had a ham and some beers to drink and their family were alive. And it it took me for a minute to just go, whoa, you have to be around The reason I'm saying all of this is because I believe so strongly you have to be around people that are aligned with your vision. But Mm. you also need to remember and have access to be able to be understanding where you came from. Where do your roots come from? What what did you start from? Where are you at right now? And I just I thought that would kind of relate to where you were going with your just point. And I hope I've stayed on topic there. Uh, Dude, by the way, there is no topic here. There is just literally a conversation and I think that that's how we evolve that's how we learn and realize that leaders across the globe we don't have it all together we don't have it all sorted and in fact if we continue to do it the same way so my first month of this year was spent having many conversations around the lens of what I call the need for a new approach to leadership it's the number one white paper I've got three white papers I've got to be writing and that's the number one white paper that I've started. And it's all around this fact that if we keep doing it the same way, we're going to keep getting the same results, right? Mm. So part of the reason we're having these conversations is that I want people to come on here with different lenses, with different perspectives, and have a conversation around it. Because I think we have to be open to have these conversations to learn oh, that's what you're thinking, or that's how you do it. And then go, how can we now take that? and do something with it to bring change across leadership, right? So there is no judgment zone here. There is no agenda here, except that we're having a conversation. And there is one question that I will ask at the end of it, but that is the only thing that is the same on every decision table. Why? Because it's funny you say, because it's like we have to be aligned to the same vision. I totally agree. And it's something that's come out of a lot of the conversations is the importance of the vision of where you're going and then getting people 
as a collective to join in with that vision. The interesting part of that and the next piece of that that I find kind of fascinating and I'm really curious about, and that is how do we bring different distinctions? So just because, and how do we know that we have that same, and so here's the thing, how do we know we have that same vision if we don't have a conversation first? And where I'm going with this is the reason the lens for this month is on humanity as stakeholders, I believe that we are not coming to the table and we're not seeing humanity as first and then we bring our distinctions. For me, distinctions is the diversity that we bring as a human being. I really believe we have to get back to, hey, if we could just come and make decisions as humanity, in other words, are we adding value to humanity going forward? Are we taking away from it as first priority? There's the joint vision that we come to the table with. Are you willing to come to the table and at least look at how we can add value to humanity to shift from problem to solution, right? That's what my whole thinking is around this and why it's so important to me. Here's the other piece of it, though. Just because I don't look like you, sound like you, maybe I don't have the same cultural background. Maybe I don't have, I'm not growing up in the environment that you've known. That doesn't mean that we can't connect at that table. But what we tend to do, and it kind of went back to what you said just before, which is we tend to go, oh, they must have the same vision. We'll hang out with them. We miss out on so much because we're not willing to have tables that maybe sometimes we even feel uncomfortable on. Any thoughts around that? My point might not go against yours, but it might You slightly... can go against, you can whatever. <laughs> Dude, here's the thing. No, no, no. I really want to be clear on this. Here's the thing. We are so used to in a public arena to be always agreeing with each other. But no, if, I'm probably going to disagree. Do we do that? Way. Do we ever do that? Like as friends on closed doors or colleagues? No way. Like we have to learn how to have these conversations, right? So, so my way of going against you is an incredible point, by the way. Firstly, I challenge you and love to have your definition. I love on the challenge. What, Bring it on. Oh, I'd love to understand, firstly, what's your definition of leader? Because the reason I say yeah. this is back in 2013, Great I introduced question. the company. Yeah. I introduced a company called Getting Too Phenomenal, where I taught managers how to become leaders and salespeople how to sell with ethics. Mm. And the reason I did it is because I'd been in high-end sales from banking to high-end sales in terms of like commodity goods and things like that from 17 to 23, which I know is only a relatively low level of experience, only six years. But what I identified, well, it's still experience, right? But what I identified in that time is that at no point did any of my managers, be that from leadership banking all the way through to high-end car sales off to whatever else I was selling, no manager ever sat me down and said, hey, Alex, why do you work for this company? It was never in the recruitment process. It was never in the retention process and everything in between. There was no conversation mm -hmm. around it. Now, that's the challenge. The reason I'm going to contradict or go against your potential point is this. Mm. I believe that if you don't follow your own dream, you'll certainly help somebody create their own, right? And because we're not arming our children, and this is a general statement right now, I'm not speaking about individual parents. I'm certainly not talking yeah. about what you've alluded to with your two daughters so far. <laughs> what I am saying, though, is that because we are never given the tools to how do we figure out our narrative? How do I tell you my story from my core? How do I give a piece of that away to you? Because we're not told that, when we meet people, and I've said this already, we're the average of the five people we hang around with. Yeah. When I meet somebody new, I'm easily swayed by them because of serotonin. I want to fit in. I want you to like me instantly because of serotonin because I feel safe when I'm amongst my tribe. So I'll mirror your body language, either consciously or subconsciously, to be like mm -hmm. that because you're not sure what your narrative is because I haven't been taught or told how do I create my own narrative. And this is where I'm evolving towards now. Instead of being a branding and marketing and salesperson, I'm a storyteller mm -hmm. and I'll help you share that story. Who are you at your core, be that a business, be that a private individual, whoever you are, who are you at your core? Why are you on this earth? What would you like to be remembered for? And I'll finish on this final point before I let you answer the leadership question, which is this. A question I ask everybody, and it's mm. the first question I ask somebody when I meet them, is imagine the five most key influential people of your life so far at your funeral. How are they describing your life? What are they saying that you've done? How are they saying that you've spent your time? It's one of the questions I ask all the time with clients as well. 
honestly, it evokes such a better response than something like, mm -hmm. okay, what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, I would like to be yeah. known that I cared and I served a million people. That's all nonsense. It's all, it's smoke and mirrors. No, no, no. We're at your funeral. You are now dead. Your legacy is now being created, right? The foundations were laid. But is what it? Is do we wait till we're dead and then the legacy being? See, I would challenge that piece because cool. Let's I go. don't. Yeah, bring it on. Whew. No, because here's that's right. <laughs> but like, here's the thing: like, legacy is what you're leaving every single day because it's leaving behind footprints, whether you like those footprints or not. That is your legacy you are leaving behind. Well, mind, Some I, of us say, I know, but I want to challenge <laughs> because here's the thing. And I think this is what we do is we will ask questions. We have biases, conditionings to those answers because we have only known a particular lens that we've used. What if we're not actually asking questions? And this is one thing that I get challenged on a lot. Carrie Marie, you're always asking questions. Yeah, you're right, I am. And here's the thing. Where do you want to go with this? What are you wanting out of this? Like you even said it today. I hope I didn't go off track or whatever it was that you said in that way, right? There is no track. And that's why I reassured you, there is no track on this. I want us to go wherever we're meant to go because I want to gain the learnings that I'm going to take on board from that. And then hopefully be even more effective in what I do in the world, right? Like that's a learning thing. That's not how we're taught, right, is to think that way. So even as a leader, what is a leader? Well, that's what, what I was going to say. They look that's like? my challenge, right? That's what Who I said. are they? Well, just because I think for me, a leader is anyone that's got anyone following after them. And that might mean as a mom, you've got kids that are following after you. Guess what? You're leading because you are being a role model to whatever that is that they are growing up and learning through that. And so, but let's take that out further in a business, in a company, an organization. How do you lead? I think there's so many different ways we can lead. And I call it the old school leading. I think there's a lot of old school. I think that there's a lot of leaders that are taught, if you do it these three ways, then you will be the best leader ever. Well, that's like saying when I go to the gym, that if I you just give me this program, I'm going to look like your muscles and your biceps, you know, like it just doesn't work like that. And yet we do that in a lot of the way that we have conditioned, systemized and put things in practice. So a leader, that is such a massive thing. Now, what do I want to be remembered by? And I don't want to be just remembered. I want to live this every day. And it's my mantra every day, right? Is that I want to represent humanity. Wow, that's huge. How can you? You're living in a, that's just too big. No, for me, that looks like, am I giving voice? Am I advocating for humanity in everything that I'm doing today? I hope that when people, the greats are standing at my funeral and they're speaking about me, that they go, she gave voice to many humans across the globe so that they could be the best, bring the change, be the change that's needed, right? I hope they do. So for that to be a truth, I need to make sure that I use that as part of my filters on a daily basis. I have two things on that. First thing is this. The saying I, I learned years ago, and I'll regurgitate it now. A person that plants a seed or plants a tree, knowing that they'll never sit in its shade, is understood life. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a word earlier on, which triggered me again, which is mother or mum. I believe there's two definitions of both of those words, all right? There's a dad and a father, and there's a mum and a mother. Now, I'm not a parent, but I have got parents, and I've seen the difference between a mum and a mother and a dad and a father. Now, what I say is the difference is this. Mm. A dad is someone that's present in your life, but he's not guiding you. A father is a father figure that's guiding that child from birth up until when God determines or spirit. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. And that is where I believe those two were. And we have exactly the same role in, in business. A manager yeah. is someone that worries about the bottom line, similar to a dad figure. He's present, he's there, mm. but he's not really doing much. A leader is in control and leading the people that influence the bottom line. Now, that's a very clinical 
black and white, non-emotional approach. But that is as simple as it is. Mm -hmm. And I follow up with a Mayor Mayor Angelo quote, which is this. How do you want to leave people feeling? It's that simple. If that is at the foundation of everything that you do, how do I leave you feeling? Be that your husband, your wife, your friend, Mm -hmm. your co-worker, right? Everything else is secondary. Because if you prioritize, how do I leave you feeling from this call right here, Mm -hmm. right? What nuggets do we give to whoever's listening? How do I leave you feeling? Do I inspire you? Do I irritate you? These are all good things. These are all good bits of feedback. How do I leave you feeling? It's the most important question we can ask anybody. So if that's so clinical on that side, how do we then bring back humanity into leadership in the business arena? Because I think sometimes it becomes so clinical. Well, it is because we're targeted usually on metrics that are sometimes out of our control. I've been in sales for 12 years now. And at Mm. no point, even in my corporate role now, so I have my own personal company on the side. I'm an entrepreneur on the side, but I also work for a Mm. large corporate. At no point does anybody sit down and go, Alex, like, why do you work here? Like, how do we measure you other than numbers, right? Mm. Because finance needs to justify headcount, right? That's as simple as it is. Whether you're a five-man startup, whether you're a one-person startup, or whether you're a 1.3 million pound million yeah. employee account, right? Like Walmart and all of this stuff and the Walmart of the world, right? You need to justify headcount. How do you do it other than that? And this is the Simon Sinek stuff. This is the golden circle. This is find your why. What he's saying and what we need to start doing is look at heart count. How do we help? And this is all culture. This is all branding or storytelling, right? This is what I'm going to get mm-hmm. onto is that how you do it is Firstly, we hire people based upon what their vision is for the next five to 10 years. And do they align with the company? So instead of hiring someone, you've had six years of great sales, you've overachieved on target by 112%. It's incredible. I'd like to hire you do the same for my company. We say that was then. In five years from now, how do you envision your life to look? And we hire people based upon that. And that only starts by us knowing our vision to start with. So when I talk about culture or brand, not branding, that's a logo and a fancy caption. When you talk about what a brand is, it's that feeling of home with inside of our audience. Give you an example. Your children, your husband, right? Mm. Do you love that person or do you love the feeling that they help you create with inside yourself? Is that a question you're asking me? That's your question. Do you love your husband or do you love the feeling that they create for you? I love my husband. (laughs) Often the feeling he creates is the one that I'd want to be having. But the point I'm trying to make is simple. The point of it is, I love it too. So, yes, I would say the first one. But the point I'm trying to make is that a brand and how we do it, back to your original question, is every action that we do is how do I leave you feeling with inside yourself? A culture or a brand Mm. has to create the feeling of home with inside of its audience, with inside of its prospect. Never a customer that suggests a transaction. Always a prospect. Always be trying to win somebody's business. Always be trying to win their trust win that vote of confidence, win that feeling of culture and value of inside your prospect? I hope that answers it, your question. Oh, it's interesting because, you know, culture and sort of old school ways of doing things, like the more, yeah, I get it that our measurements have been, but I think that this is where it's kind of like if we're not careful, the cultures within, and I see this a lot with leadership, that the cultures they've created in an organization, a company, isn't actually what they've necessarily wanted or want to be a part of going forward. And they've gone, oh, actually, this is not where I want it to go. And they're at that transitional time of going, we want to do it different. Now, I understand the whole thing of measurements and we want to know like bottom dollar, the finance department, needs to have KPIs that are really, you know, going to be easy to track. But I think that if we're not careful, this gap begins to get even wider. And for us to narrow that, we've got to come up with different measurements. It's interesting. I did the whole month last month on what is the second white paper, which is the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. I believe it's the secret advantage when you are able to use the data you have as a human to be able to keep moving in a forward movement and put that at the table. Here's the thing. When we talk about things like that, it's hard to measure those in ways that are often recognized as great measurements. Yet I can tell you, you combine both that 
and some of the normal everyday measurements that we all know. And I have seen leaders grow companies in build culture impact that is phenomenal. So how do we start tracking those things? Here's examples that have come from these conversations last month. We need to listen more at the table. How do we do that in a way that we're tracking that so that we know that we're listening enough to actually maybe get different things? We need to use different lenses. Here's the thing. When you use different lenses, how do you track that? Because we're so used to only tracking certain lenses. Okay, great. So what if we are to give more space to realize that there's different ways to innovate things. Well, they're not tried and tested. They might be evolving because I think that's where we've got to go in a lot of ways in leadership is to keep evolving and learn how to evolve as we keep changing with the world. So how do you now track that? How do you put strength on that? Yet we know we've seen research-wise when we're more mindful, when we're more taking time to work on us as individuals, that then we bring more to the collective. I don't know that we do that well. And I think that this is where it comes back to humanity going, we often rock up to work, whether it be in a corporate space or as an entrepreneur, and we turn up as all of a sudden that's all we are. But we're not. We're whatever that was, that person that woke up this morning dragged themselves out of bed, got to the desk, and we're seeing it only as like broken kind of pieces of it, not as a whole. How do we track that? How do we measure that? How do we now bring in leadership into organizations and businesses and companies where we are looking at the whole human as a whole? So these are incredible questions. I feel like I've had four questions there. The first thing So I heard the word listen and there's a wicked Mm -hmm. saying, which is listen to understand, never listen to answer. So most of us, when you're speaking, I'm sitting there thinking of the next thing to say. And you can see when someone's doing that because they'll be like, ah, oh, 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 and they're trying to get a word in the minute you stop talking to take a breath for a second. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's when someone's listening to answer. Someone listening to understand is when they can say all four questions back to you and they can answer them. How do you get leadership comes from one thing, I think, and that's vision. Right. Why is the company, and this is just from a very company point of view to start with, then I'll get to the human thing, because I'm going to go in ranking of importance in terms of companies, the least important, the people that run the company are always the most important topic and the final thing to talk about. From a company vision, whoever the leader is, be that her or him, they need to be laser focused on why that company was established and why they are still in in operation, why they're still operating. Because if you can align your core company culture and why you exist mm-hmm. with your recruitment process and the talent and the resource that you're bringing into that company, they need to align with the vision. They need to align with where is that company going, right? It's not because we want to be the best product provider or we want to do this. No, no, no. Why are you here? What gap, what niche, what fulfillment are you trying to do? And yeah. why did you see the need to do it? Because then when you hire people based upon that, you won't be hiring people based upon past experience, but you'll be hiring them where they want to go. So then. If you can each day be aligning with that, people won't be doing what you said about dragging themselves out of bed and getting on the train and they'll be excited about it. They'll be like, shit, I'm working towards that goal. And I have been approached by X, Y, Z down the road and they're going to pay me five grand more. I don't care because they have got my better interest. I want to be a part of that vision. So Mm. even when more money, because if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, money is like third, Mm. maybe fourth up on it, right? We want security. We want safety, right? We want the feeling that we're actually contributing to something and we're Mm. safe in that environment, right? Money's very, very high on Mazda's hierarchy of needs. In addition to that, Mm. we need to give our our teams, our children, everybody the tools on how do you tell your narrative? How do you tell your story? And then if anything doesn't ever align with that, you know to say, look, I don't hate you, but I love Mm. me too much. I love my vision too much to sacrifice it to go after something else. And that's when we change it. Like I've been in situations where I've earned stupid amounts of money for what I've done, right? But I've always thought, when will it be enough? At 25 Mm -hmm. years old, I lost a lot of that money and got really screwed over both in business and personal life. And overnight, I had to shift. I had to change my measurement of success. 
And that's why I had to go from how much money do I make to how much of a difference do I make? And that leads to one question, which is how do I leave you feeling? And that's how I got onto it. So is that where the story came into it for you? No, the story came into it when I was 12 years old and I witnessed a mother that wanted to be loved a certain way, but never could articulate it in the right way to the man that couldn't receive the right information. So I, I had two parents that clearly loved each other. They stuck by each other through thick and thin, but you had two parents that wasn't sure how to communicate truly with the other to mm. say, look, I need you to meet me here right now. I need this level of support. So it ended in a lot of altercations, a lot of arguments, and at times separating for a little bit of time. That's when the seed at 12 years old was planted, that communication is the most fundamental key or tool or yeah. trait that we as a human being can have. So if you can communicate yourself and your story and your why right or yourself right to somebody, everything else is secondary. Do you think we do that well in our society today? No way. Well, communicate. No way. Yeah. Listen to yeah. what you said, not to pick you apart, but listen to what you, you said to me on this me call. You can pick me you said to me on this call, there is no agenda, there's no expectation. Everything has an expectation. When I came onto this call, when we agreed to speak four minutes before the call, there was then an expectation. There's an expectation of everything. The problems come in is when we don't clearly articulate that expectation. When we hire people, we throw numbers. Okay, so at them. what was the expectation? Tell me, tell me. Well, no, no, no. Literally just making an example. I don't know because I haven't asked you what the expectation is, but there will be an expectation from I, both sides. I literally have no expectation except that here's the thing. I set myself, you know, last year was an interesting year for many people across the globe and, you know, being heavily involved with leaders across the globe. One of the patterns that I saw was the fact that there were many feeling isolated. There were many that were doing amazing things and also felt they couldn't do it beyond their own wars because we can't have conversations anymore. We can't say things the right, you know, like unless we say it the right way, that if we do say something, it's going to be used against us. You know, there's, and so there was like, and I thought about that and I thought about it a lot around the fact that by the end of the year, I saw a lot of leaders absolutely exhausted. And I mean exhausted, like, and myself included, we were giving out, you know, the pandemic hit the world and we were giving out a lot in our own communities. And I think by the end of the year, there was not much left in the tank. And I thought, I don't want to do another year like this. What would I need to do or what can I do that's in my hand and that I'm not asking for anything else beyond except that I just wanted to listen and to create a platform where we can have a conversation and wherever that takes us, whatever that is, that we can know. And out of these conversations, some amazing things have come out of it. I had no idea. Honestly, when I began to do these on a daily basis, I was doing them odd times over the years. But when I became just saying I'm going to do a conversation every day because I know that's something I can do. It's in my hand with another leader across the globe. It has changed my world in ways that I never thought would happen because I literally, this was something I felt that I could do for others rather than it was something that I had an expectation. Now, out of this has been interesting because people have gone, oh, what would you like me to make sure that we get, you know, said on this. And I go, don't worry about it. We'll just have a conversation like you would if you're having a cup of coffee at the same table right beside each other. Like we don't have an agenda, like unless you're going to a sales or, you know what I mean? Like play with me on this one, right? Like we don't tend to have, if we're just meeting with someone, we don't tend to have that agenda right from the beginning. Oh, I don't know where I want this, but I'd like to have this. Maybe we do. I don't know, but I don't. There are times that I do. You know, I need to connect with that person because someone has said to me, that would be a great person to connect with. Let's have a conversation and see where that goes. I get those moments. But I really do believe we need to curate spaces right now where there is no agenda except that I just want to connect. I want to hear I want to see where we go with this. I have no idea. And that's where this came out of it. So I get that there's agendas, but honestly and truthfully from my heart, like there was no agenda coming on the decision table. 
or starting these conversations? I'll give you, firstly, that is incredible that you've been so authentic. I don't like that word. It's incredible <laughs> that you've been so real. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Something I just share, right? I have, I'm of the complete exact same opinion of you that I just want to go into mm. something. I got a, a real good friend of mine. And in fact, I live with him, right? Started yeah. a company together. He calls it co-elevation. How oh. can we just have a conversation? How can we have a conversation? Where can we both leverage each other's experience out of that conversation? That's not maybe the mm. way he would word it, but that's the way I've seen yeah. it. I am creating what I believe will be a very strong branding, marketing, and sales model delivered mm. as storytelling so what's your story let's share it i need a marketing person right that yeah. i just want to be able to create the video capture the video tell the story which i'm very good at capture yes. it edit it give you the content and then you just do whatever and i pay you and it's really really good yeah. i've reached out to what's probably best the part of 120 different wow. people to try and plug in either side of that these are all people on instagram i've probably sent about 120 different dms right saying Hey, I've seen some of your content. I really, really like what you'd like to do. I'd like to invite you to a quick conversation to have an exploratory conversation. Very, very basic. No salesy at all. Mm. I think like, just to let you know, I'm charging this much to my clients. I'd like to give yeah. you this much of it. I haven't <laughs> even led with money. I've just led with a why. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's read it. 119 or people that I've sent it to, everybody has seen the message, right? Right. I think I've probably had about 3% that have come back so either saying something like, no, not interested, or yeah, let's get a call. Uh, here's my calendar. It now... I don't have time to mess around with this yeah. calendar nonsense. I've presented you an opportunity. Someone's offering you an opportunity to grow, but we're so scared yeah. by you're going to sell me something or we're so scared yeah. by why do you want a conversation? People come back to me. Why do you want a conversation? You're a business owner. I'm a business owner. I need yeah. your skills. I want to see if you can leverage me and I can leverage you. And this is why co-elevation is the most important mm. skill that we can learn after, after communication. If I can articulate myself well, yeah. I give it, this is the best example, right? This is the clearest example as I can mm. think of to share it. Imagine it's December the 25th and I'm going to get the new year, new me, all this nonsense that everybody subscribes to. I'm going to get into the fitness stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I go to Kmart or I go to Pack and Save or wherever to yep. buy my clothing, right? And I, oh, sorry, Countdown. Countdown's Australian as well, right? No, I go that's to, New Zealand, but yeah, oh, I know it? what you're talking about. I go to the supermarket and I buy my fitness gear and I want to get into personal training. Question I have here, when I buy a personal trainer or when I buy that fitness gear, what else am I buying at the same time? And the reason I say this, when I do my storytelling, right, what else does somebody need at the same time of me helping them tell their story? Who yeah. can I bring into that mix? Yeah. So there might be a step before storytelling. Okay, I'm actually already talking to therapists and counselors. If someone comes to me like, I really want to tell the story, but I've got a few blockers. Oh, sweet. I know Jacqueline's going to take for the same money. Go and speak to Jackie. She will help you with that little blockage and come back to me. We'll tell the story. And then here is Kira Marie. She's going to mm -hmm. help you distribute your marketing or whatever you mm -hmm. do, right? Then you've got three people that all benefit from it. And then suddenly somebody goes, oh, I've actually just dealt with this marketing person, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to recommend you to a friend. I know somebody that needs marketing. Oh, I need to tell my story first. Here's Alex. You've got mm -hmm. three people that have just become a trusted advisor. Absolutely. Right? And then, then, then it leads on to the question of how many more can I elevate with? Mm -hmm. I'm elevating. I'm going up regardless. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. I'm successful. I'm going regardless. Who yeah. am I taking with me? Yeah. I, I wanna, I'm getting too passionate about it. Good. Bring it there's, on. There's so many people that are so closed off. They think they're this mm -hmm. perfect example of what it is. They're either scared of collaboration or they're scared yeah. I'm going to try and steal their customers. There's, there's too yeah. much of it. Whereas if you just explore conversations, uh -huh. explore like Mm-hmm. And it baffles me because sales 101 is we buy into people first. Yeah. Have the conversations. It's mad. I, it's mad. I don't understand it. What's going on with the world? Why don't we just talk well, to each other? Because we think that someone's got an agenda. We think that someone's, we might not like them because they don't look like us. I have had so many conversations. I've had over, we're heading up to the 78 or plus or whatever in less than two months, conversations with amazing people across the world. You know, it has just been so, I look at patterns. I look at patterns and I go, what if we could rewire our brain to something different to actually get a different behavior and then put out a different result at the table? Like I like hacking literally our data that we have and going, how can we be more effective with that data? 
that's the geeky side of me. But I actually, on the more creative and innovative side of me, I look at it and I go, okay, there's all these isolated, amazing leaders doing these phenomenal things and I hear it. This is not me making this up. I saw it and every time I'm having conversations, it's come out of our conversations. And so what that means is that there's amazing leaders doing phenomenal things, but we're not talking to each other. We're not necessarily going, hey, did you know that I'm doing this? What would you add here? Or like we are keeping to these closed little things, right? And there's lots of reasons to that. And that's come out in a lot of these conversations. The other piece of that is that from that, I saw when I was traveling the world, the thing that I began writing about a year and a half before we were shut down on in the pandemic, I said isolation. I felt that it was an epidemic happening in leadership. And then it was like, no, this is happening across humanity. And it was phenomenal, all these insights within what, how we're creating the culture that we are within our organizations, whatever that is, businesses. And it was so damaging and destructive, yet we're doing it repeatedly, these patterns. And I really saw as the solution to isolation as collaboration. And I began shifting around with my company going, what if we were the example and the role model to collaborations actually working? Because I started looking, where are the role models? Where are the people? There are pockets of things, don't get me wrong. But to see time and time again of collaborative ecosystems really working was really hard to find. And I go, I want to smash out all the patterns and figure out how we can build a collaborative ecosystem through partnerships. And so that became a huge focus and vision of our company. And it's been interesting as I've been going through these things to see where humanity is at when it comes to, will I connect with someone? Will I be willing to share? And it goes back to the decision table of, if we don't look the same, if we are different and we are going to bring our distinctions to the table, how do we even navigate that if we think differently, we disagree on this or we challenge that in a world where a lot of this is becoming harder? Because if we say the wrong thing, we may be insulting you as a person or in your tribe or in your culture or whatever it is, right? Like there is so much, there's repercussions. And so in a lot of ways, humans are going, if I just do this, I know I can do this, but I don't know how to do this. And so I am seeing that a lot in the work that I'm doing. There's, there's two things I think I heard there. The first thing I think I heard was that we get so scared over our IP, right? So our integral property of a business, we get so scared that someone's going to steal it, yeah. right? Yeah. What we're forgetting is that this is all, it's near enough. Everything is available on the Google search or an Instagram search, she says, or a YouTube, right? It's out there. It's very rare, unless you're a brain scientist or a neurologist or something that actually you need to go and study in a university. Any kind of business, like a consultant or an entrepreneur, trading, marketing, branding, anything like this, right? It's mm -hmm. out there in abundance already. I said to a client I worked with back in 2017 to 2019, he, he was so precious over about this particular marketing piece he did. I said, no offense, give it away for free because there's a million people already doing it. The money you'll mm -hmm. be make, where you'll make money is when you give people back their time because they see how much work it takes to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. That's where we make the money. Give the content within value away yeah. for free because it's already out there. If you're a consultant or anything like that, if you're a life coach, anything like this, a yeah. relationship, it's already out there for free. Yeah. What people will buy into, right, is you. And mm -hmm. this is why I'm so hot and why I'm moving towards yeah. tell your story because what we should all be, especially in our space where we're, we're consultants yeah. and we're relying on all of this stuff, we need to sell ourselves so much more before our service. If I led to you today with, oh, I'm a videographer, I do storyboarding, I help you tell your story and I'll fly to Australia and I'll be there and we'll tell your story really well and I'll find your ideal client. You're going to go, oh, brilliant. How much is your price? And, you know, and I'm going to yeah. say, oh, well, I'm £750 a day or about $1,500 a day. Is that okay? And you're going to go, uh, thanks, I'll think about it. Yeah. Whereas if I told you and shared my story and you mm -hmm. reached out to me because you're like, Alex, the way you authentically spoke 
about never being given the tools from 15 to 17 about how to tell your story. At mm. 17, you identified that you needed to change because you were going on the wrong path. And mm. you started asking yourself what your personal narrative is. I want to be a part of that journey. I want to be on that journey with you because I want to tap into that experience. When can we start working? It's such a better conversation. It's so stronger, but we get so scared and we sell on features and benefits. We're like, oh, I'm the best this, I'm the best this. No, you're not. There's always someone better, right? There's always, but there's no one with your story. Correct. And it's like, it, there's no one with your story. So what we need to do in, in one answer, I believe, is shift the focus for, away from, okay, what do you do to why do you do it? Or how do you leave your customer feeling? That's where we should start. So, That's so where, right on. With that, what, say that again. What do you do? What was that question? Instead of what do you do, right, where it's mm. features and benefits, either why do you do it or how do you want to leave a customer feeling? If you lead with one of those two questions, right, I want to leave a customer feeling like this. Okay, let's explore that. What is it about that feeling that you'd like to create and why do you want that? Well, I remember this time this. Ah, now we're getting somewhere wicked. Okay, so why do you want to now recreate that? Oh, because I experienced this so, before. You're in the sales area, so why – if I'm talking about why it's important to me, you know that whole rule around, hey, we've just got to get why it's important to the client or the customer or like because they don't care about you. They just care about that you're answering a solution to their problem. How uh, does that, how do we bridge yeah. that gap between those two things? You start with a story. You start mm -hmm. with why you started. You start with a testimonial. I don't even want to listen to that story because already, like, I don't know if I'm going to relate to this person, right? Like, there's no connection because I haven't moved into what they, like, you haven't pricked up my ears because you haven't even pressed on something maybe at the beginning of your story. Well, so you're not that's talking what I'm about, saying, right? This is, I, I get what you're saying. You're not talking about marketing, which needs to fall under one of three categories in this in order, which is you need to connect to your audience to start with. You yeah. then need to create a how to solve that problem or how to get there. And then you need to give a call to action. So now stop, stop. Think of those three things and then put that into we're just having a conversation at a table. Well, so firstly, you'd say something like you would identify a, a trigger, right? So you would understand like this is why you need to get your story right because who's your then perfect persona? Who is mm -hmm. your ideal customer? What are their 2 a.m. problems, right? So we've jumped all over the place here. So I'll go back a second. Once you get your narrative right, your story right, mm -hmm. you then fill in, okay, who's my ideal prospect? Who's my ideal client? What problem do I solve? At 2 o'clock in the morning when they're not sleeping, their wife or husband's upstairs, they're downstairs because they don't want to disturb them. What problem am I solving for them? Then your value proposition comes in, okay, how do I solve that problem? And what's the privilege of price that I charge that prospect for, right? And that's why I say prospect, and all you mm -hmm. move it is from a prospect into a paying prospect. You never have a customer ever again. So we've jumped all over the place. But the first thing you need to do is, okay, who am I? Why do I care about what I'm going to go and do? What problem do I solve for you? How do I solve mm -hmm. that problem? And then that's what, how do I connect to my audience? Which is, okay, do you struggle with this? Okay, this is how you solve that problem. This is how I can help you solve that problem. Where do you want to fit into my process? That's how you do that in very, very high level. Does that answer your question? Yeah, see, the, the only reason I challenge that is because I think that we are still if I go back to something I said at the beginning, and that was, I think we need to bring humanity back as stakeholders. And when we do that, we bring humans back as a whole, not as individual segregated kind of moments. In other words, what you're doing in the sales area, that should stand true and align with what you're doing as telling your story or getting the story out. And part of what I do as a global advisor and strategist is literally I've also created a thing that's built on patterns around your decision DNA and it's neural pathway training stuff. And it looks at the decisions that you make and how we can choose to go this way or that way. It's kind of like, do you remember as a young person, I don't know, but I read stories called Choose Your Own Adventure. And it was kind of like that. So your core values, your vision doesn't change. You still want to get to a particular destination. Just the pathway that you might choose to get there may be different to what you're choosing right now. And we need to disrupt those patterns. That's what it's based on, right? In that way. The reason I challenge it because 
I think that this is where it comes back to humanity as stakeholders. We are trying to turn up when I put this hat on as a marketer, when I put this hat on as a storyteller, when I put this hat on as a colleague and we're having a conversation. No, you are who you are. Your decision DNA is who you are, whether you walk in and out of those roles. It doesn't change. So I think the problem that we have is that the tension happens because it's what you said earlier, that we need to be aligned with our vision. And a lot of the time when we're trying to do some of these other roles, it's actually not aligned with who we are as a human being. That comes back to the recruitment piece that I said earlier on, is we join a company because the best of this or they're going to pay the most of that. Those things become secondary once you're in. And I've experienced it myself. I used to work for Audi, for example, the car brand, right? And I joined the company on one thing. I was like, I just want to drive Audis for a living. I got the job because of my passion alone, right? How naive is this? 22 years old, yeah, driving Audi cars. When I was in the company, I was working seven days a week, minimum 10-hour days, right? Because Mm. I wanted to hit bonus. I wanted to drive RS products. I wanted to do this, this, and this. Once the money goes, once the cars are given to you and the novelty wears off, I remember a day, right? I share a quick story. Mm. I remember a morning I got paid £10,900 take-home, right? Mm. It's it's not Mm. bad money for a 22-year-old guy. Right. And I remember thinking about it in my account. I remember looking at it and I remember thinking, okay, what now? There was no excitement. There was no, I had been chasing this, this five figure month for for Mm -hmm. years thinking, oh yeah, five figures. Yeah. 10 grand. Cool. 10 grand more. The minute you have it, you feel dead and empty. And this is when I really started thinking about, okay, well, what happens if the focus isn't money? And then it only took until 2015 when I lost it all due to a poor decision that I start to really evaluate, okay, well, my measurement of success cannot be arbitrary. It cannot be figures. It cannot be on a spreadsheet. It has to be internal. It has to be come from within. Back to the original point, by the way, something you made a really cool point about a minute ago. I think this thing here, this phone thing, is one of the mm. best and deadliest diseases. And there's a wicked yeah. thing a friend of mine talks about, which is, does it serve it? Or do you serve it? Or does it serve yeah. you? Right. very good question. Mm. And one of the things I always see with social media is that out of the 119 people that I've invited to a call, none of, probably three of them have taken me up on it truly, right? We're so scared of picking up the phone to people and exploring a conversation. It could be 15 yeah. minutes. i got two friends that live in Australia, one in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, and uh, Nikhil, uh, how we met, right? Two really good mm-hmm. friends of mine. Picked up the phone straight away. Met them on Clubhouse. Incredible app, by the way. And, yo, let's just have a conversation. Both Jess in Melbourne, Nikhil mm-hmm. in Sydney. They were like, let's just chat. And I consider yeah. these guys to be good friends now because yeah. just pick up the phone. And the reason I bring this point up is because we're so scared of picking up a call. If someone inquires with you online, you're dealing with that conversation online. So you're relying on qualifying that lead, understanding that person's problem, building up trust mm-hmm. and rapport over a texting service, which at best is only 7% of communication. Yeah, yeah. Get that person off. Get them on the phone. This is why we should move away from these crappy 60 quid packages he's oh sign up to this 60 pound and learn how to do no no no. up your price give that stuff away for free 60 quid nothing if you become a value right this is a jim Rohn quote you're not paid for the pound in your pocket you're paid for the amount of value you bring to that pound right it's get people to the point where you they have to speak to you on the phone and then you can once they're on the phone you're asking those kind of questions okay there's three wicked questions i like to use is where are you at right now what are you mm. struggling with? Where do you see me solving that problem for you? And that's all. That's, it's that simple to have to have a sales conversation. Where are you at? What problem do you really, really have right now that you're struggling to solve? What would you like to see from a third party to come and solve it for you? I'd like to go and do X, Y, and Z. Sweet. Okay, cool. I can engage with you in three different ways. It's so simple. But yeah. And we've got people that are coming through now that have 22 years old, that are marketing gurus or what these self-acclaimed yeah life coaches and all of this stuff that can solve all your problems, but they won't pick up a phone to me. So how do they know? Here's the thing. If people want to know more, oh my goodness, I can't believe the time, by the way. You owe me a question as well. Yeah, no, no, we're not finishing. Don't worry, don't (laughs) worry. We're just finishing, finishing. But I want to make sure before I forget, if people want to know how to do it more effectively, how do they connect with you more? They pay 60 quid and they can join an online club. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. 
I literally give joking, all this... but not joking. Just kidding. No, 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 no I don't. I don't. So, <laughs> I uh, because of lockdown and stuff, I'm only doing the video and yeah. storytelling stuff physically with people that are actually pay clients in the UK because I don't want to travel. It's, I don't think it's yeah, fair. I have my opinions over the whole everything that's going on. I don't think it's fair for me to be going on a plane to Europe or to Australasia. Yeah. I don't think that's fair. So I'm only working mm-hmm. with people that are within an hour of my house right now. If anyone wants to reach out, though, if anybody, I give this stuff mm-hmm. away for free because I believe it will come back twofold to me. So Beautiful. I connect with anybody on either Instagram or Clubhouse. I think these are two incredible platforms. Arrange mm-hmm. a call straight away, and I will give any question, anything away for free at the moment because I'm taking everything that I learned with branding, marketing, and sales, and I'm putting it into mm-hmm. storytelling. So I want to help you tell the story, share that story, and then what happens when somebody engages. I'm going to take complete control over that. So yeah. the Instagram is like the Alex underscore Smith underscore photos or get us on clubhouse at Alex 91 Smith. And it's ask the questions and I just give it away because I tell you for why 2014, when I first went up into the city, into London, I found three business mentors that mentored me for free based upon what I am doing with my life now. Now that's seven years ago. They are still mentoring me all three of them still for free because of where we're all going together. And this is why I'm so hot on co-elevation. These three people, they're 55 plus. They don't need money. Money is their children's mm-hmm. children. Don't worry about money. But we're exchanging an equal amount of value. I give them something that they haven't had before from what I do. They are giving me the business knowledge, right? And it's, why do I share that? Oh, I share that because the reason I give it away for free is because love and abundance is everywhere. Mm-hmm. I've only acquired this. I'm just a collection of this information. At one point, I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And I was given it. So I'm going to pass on the buck. And I, there, I'll leave that with this one saying, which is when you have an abundance, make your tables longer, not your fences higher. There's no point. I could package this stuff if I want to and flog it to you for 60 quid. Mm-hmm. I might make 100 quid a week, whatever. Who cares? It's nothing. Give it away for free. Yeah. When somebody sees how hard it is to do it themselves, Alex, how do I do this myself? Sweet, yeah. let's put it together. Do you want me to come and film it for you or do you want all my storyboards and everything like that? Sweet. Here's all my storyboards. Let me know mm-hmm. if you want to work together. Give yeah. it away for free. And obviously, if I it's love that. Therapy, and that's true collaborative kind of spirit is what I would say. And that's bringing the human side that really we have a lot to offer and to connect on. And maybe it could add value in your world. It's funny. We've had so much conversation today. And like, obviously, we could talk for hours. Do you know the the interesting thing that I've done, because you said, you know, your story around, you know, I've reached out, hey, I've asked them to reach out. Do you know one of the reasons that I do this on the decision table is that if you don't even want to come on this table and share and have a conversation that's open to the world, then you're not the right fit in my world already. I would say, because I, out of all the conversations that I've had on here on the table, There's probably only maybe three people that have ever questioned, hey, can we, and I mean questioned, I'm just thinking of the three people. Yes, it is three people that have questioned and said, no, I really need to have a Zoom first before we get on the conversation to see whether we would have a talk or whether there's alignment or whether there's, and I'm like, Well, you can check out our new YouTube channel. Like there's zillions on there. You'll get an idea of what it's about. If this still seems like something you want to be involved in, I'm happy to have a conversation on the decision table because I figure even if I don't want to have any more to do with that person, someone, and I always get, which is we're going to get to that last question, I always get something out of these conversations. Whether I'm going to hang out with you or not in the future, I always get something from these conversations. Now, what it does is also means I can actually reach more people, help other people at the same time, and I see whether or not we're going on a journey to end both, whether we want to go on this pathway forward together or not, right? But it was an easy way for me to go, I only have a certain amount of hours I want to be giving in in those hours, whether it's someone I want to go on the pathway forward or not with, right? And I chose that. And I am so pleased I have this year because what's amazing 
is I have been able to have conversations and find out the human side of it. And I really mean that rather than going, hey, I'm Alex. I do this. This is what I'm about. This is what I do. And we get to hear a part of that, but we don't get to hear what I've learned today off the decision table. And so that moves me to the final question, which is, I believe that these conversations help us to create an awareness of whatever it is we're meant to create an awareness, those things that you felt really passionate about today in our conversation, the massive rabbit holes we've gone down, you know, in this conversation. But the next piece is, I believe, is ownership. What are you going to take from our conversation today? Maybe it's just another insight. Maybe it's something that you already knew. Maybe it's something different. Like, what are you taking from our conversation we've had here today? Two things. It's reminded me of a quote that I've said. So I was very fortunate to do sales training for some some pretty cool names around London back in 2017. Mm. It reminded me of something I used to open with, which is I used to tie in love and feeling of home Mm. into sales training, right? I used to word it in a different way. How I used to describe it is this, your brain is like a very, very good garden. It's this incredible soil and it will grow anything. The words that we say are the seeds that get planted into somebody else's garden. And water is the thoughts that we give to those seeds, right? I then leave you then with the question is, what seeds are you planting into somebody Mm -hmm. else's garden? What garden are you growing? Are you growing a beautiful abundance flower or are you Mm -hmm. creating weeds? We don't control the amount of water that goes onto those seeds, but we do control the seeds. A good friend of mine once said, words have the power to make and break a life. You get to choose that day. So what I'm going to take from this is I'm going to carry on the path I'm on. The -hmm. fact that you're doing what I'm doing, creating space for people to have a voice, because Mm -hmm. basic neurology teaches us, basic communication teaches us, everybody wants the feeling of importance. Everyone wants the feeling of value. So... I know I'm on the right path. I'm looking at someone that Love seems that. like they're, they're acting out of their core. I'm on the right path. You are a sign from the universe to me. Mm-hmm. I should keep going because you're doing it and you're successful at it. Mm-hmm. And I'll become successful. It's a wicked saying I'll end this on, which is help enough people get what they want. You'll always have what you yeah. need yeah. or you'll always have what you want. It goes back to abundance, right? There is so much. There really truly is. And when you pour out of... You've just got to keep filling that up because there's so much out there for us to learn. And so what I'm taking from our conversation is it's funny, my head's actually gone quite messy. So you've done a good job of messing my head up today. So that was the husband question, wasn't it? It me was that triggered something. No, just kidding. I saw the way you hesitated and you went back. You're like, whoa. <laughs> no, because I want to be real, right? Like I don't want to just say what I think you might want to hear. I truly do think. I'm curious with questions. So I'm like, oh, what do I think? And then why do I think that? Oh, maybe I need more conversation around that because maybe I'm not clear on that, right? That's how my head goes every time a question comes along. Mm. It's less about, and I'm navigating these conversations that, you know, I've never, you know, there's lots of conversations I have on this table that, I'm not an expert in those areas, but I have enough across the board that I definitely have some expertise that I would bring to that particular piece, right? But maybe I'm still evolving on that. Maybe I'm still learning. And what would I need to ask to learn a bit more to add to that data? And that's what I'm always constantly doing. So when you ask questions, and I often will get well, not often, I will at times get one question or something like that. But you threw back lots of questions, which I love. And I love the challenge of that because I think that it shows again just how this is about role modeling that we can meet someone new, that we can have a human-to-human connection conversation, and we can both be learning at the same time. And that was a beautiful reminder today of our conversation because I think that it's so easy. And I was really challenged by your thinking on how you've reached out to these people. And then in my case, I've gone, hey, that's the only way now. 
in the front door is to have a conversation on here with me, right? And the reason being is because I'm just, I've only got, like everyone else, 24 hours a day. I have multiple pieces to my ecosystem and I want to know how we can do that more effectively. And so I'm learning. I get to have conversations with new people. I get to learn at the same time. And I think, you know, it's a beautiful reminder today of why this is so important, just because you never know. You never know what someone like yourself can teach me, challenge me, and make sure that I do know what I'm standing in strong. And I think as, you know, just to sum that up, that, you know, leaders are to lead. And whatever the leader looks like, you need to know what you're leading in. And I think that these conversations often, what am I leading in? What am I standing strong in? And what does that look like that I want people to come along on the pathway? Okay, so I'm about to end the broadcast. But if you were to leave anyone with anything, what would that be? Leave anybody with anything? I think you summed it up pretty well. I think this has been a a real, an eye-opening experience for me. What would I want to leave somebody with? I'd say get real clear on your narrative. Ask the funeral question. Ask how you want to serve the world. All of these things. What problems you solve. All of those things. I would put foundation, the foundation of compassion at the bottom of it. Not empathy. Don't get into problems with people. Empathy is the wrong word, I believe. Get compassion as your foundation. How do you leave people feeling is everything. My value to myself, which is the most important value I put on anything, doubled when I changed my narrative to that. It may allow me to forgive my father for him not meeting my expectation. Mm-hmm. I never clearly articulated to him. Recently with my parents, it's allowed me to forgive them instantly. Compassion, they're doing the best they could, all of these things. Just compassion. Like I give an example, right? Someone cuts you up on the freeway. Someone cuts you up on the highway, right? The motorway, whatever your choice of word is for that. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what's going on in that person's life. They could be rushing to the hospital because their son's just been hit by a car. Their wife could be in labor. Their mum could be taking her last breath. And you then swear at them, flash your lights, whatever, right? But that person's about to go and say goodbye to someone, say hello to someone for the first time. You have no idea. They could just be told they've got terminal cancer and they're not sure how to handle that information. The best example is Chadwick. You know, the guy out of Black Panther? You know, the Mm -hmm. lead actor out of Black Panther? Geezer was suffering with stage five colon cancer the entire way through that filming. Didn't tell a soul. Didn't even tell immediate family. Only told a few select friends. And yet the whole of the internet ridiculed him for losing weight. You have no idea what someone's going through, man. It's so true. Do you know what I mean? And it's, Mm. I'll finish, actually I'll finish on this point. Robin Williams said it really, really well. And it sums up my life is I would rather be alone than surrounded by people that make me feel lonely. Get clear on your narrative, find people that align with that and spend the rest of your life living out of that. Mic Mm. drop. It is. And I can't say anything more. That's beautiful. Thank you for just being curious, being willing to have a conversation and just sharing such beautiful droplets of wisdom, you know, to me, but also to the world today on the decision tables. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.